The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Alright, thanks for tuning back in, I appreciate it. I finally feel like I'm catching up after coming back from Russia. I've been home for about six days. Uh, I can sleep uh, normal normal hours. Uh, I can feel like a normal human being when I wake up in the morning, so that's a, a big plus. Catching up on the shop. The new uh, Golden Gems tank top just came out. Um, almost completely sold out. I, I might have just a handful of them left on the uh, on the web store. If, uh, if you're interested, go to precisionbodyarts.com slash shop. Uh, but I'll probably end up reprinting them maybe next month or something. I already have a, a reprint of the Statum Cult shirts coming back in, so probably not going to do uh, any more of these tank tops until, I don't know, sometime maybe late July or something like that. So if you were one of the lucky folks that uh, that snatched one up during the first like two or three days, congrats on you because they're pretty much gone. Uh, I've got uh, some stuff going on, you know, getting ready for classes. Next week I head to Dallas. Uh, I'm going to be doing two wrestling shows there, one for New Japan Pro Wrestling and one for Impact Wrestling. Uh, Aaron Pollock is going to come up from San Antonio and then go to the Impact show with me, so that should be pretty fun. Uh, I've been talking to Alan Faulkner about meeting up uh, sometime maybe Sunday morning when I'm in Dallas, uh, hanging out and getting some breakfast and, and recording something for the, the podcast. So if you have a question you want me to ask Alan Faulkner, who, you know, if, if you don't know the name Alan Faulkner, shame on you, but, you know, definitely listen to the episode. Uh, Alan, super uh, influential in the industry, especially when it comes to uh, suspension. Uh, Alan is really kind of like the American godfather of suspension, essentially. Uh, so I'm going to talk to him a little bit. If you have any questions you want me to ask him, uh, email me at ryanpba at gmail.com or send me a Facebook message. But I'll be meeting up with him, recording something for the show, doing some wrestling stuff, and then I'm going to be doing that class on uh, Monday the 7th. Uh, I do still have space for it, but I'm not going to push for it. You know, if you want to show up, uh, totally shoot me a message. I can get you registered, but uh, I'm cool with the class as it is. Then uh, I'm going to come home for a few days, and then I'm going to head off to Amsterdam for my birthday. I'm going to do another class there, but it's mostly going to be vacation. I, I know it's hard to say, like, oh, it's a vacation trip, when it's like, yeah, and I'm also teaching a class, but uh, the class helps to pay for the vacation, so I don't, I don't mind doing that. Uh, as far as other paying stuff goes, I, I always want to just say thank you to all the people who have uh, sponsored me on, on Patreon. If you're interested in that at all, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash ryanpba. Uh, I, I very much appreciate everyone who's uh, contributing to the show. Uh, it helps to pay all the bills and yada yada. Uh, for some other stuff that pays the bills, I've got a, a bunch of new seminars that I can uh, talk about. I know that people were kind of like beat over the head with the whole Dallas and Amsterdam thing for a while, but now I have some new ones to beat you over the head with for a couple of weeks. Uh, Monday, August 26th in Gambrels, Maryland. That's uh, kind of in the, the Baltimore area, generally. Uh, that's going to be at Freya, Matt Bonantono's new studio. So I'm going to be doing the Triple Threat Seminar. It'll be a section on anatomy because I think a lot of my seminars should include uh, health and safety information, and I think anatomy is a, a, a great one to, to hit. So uh, it's going to be anatomy, it's going to be the septum where skill meets luck class, and then in Maryland, the third class is going to be on nipple piercings, I believe. Uh, I think I would rather it be on 
Daith piercings, but uh, I already announced that it would be nipple piercings, so maybe I'll talk to some of the attendees and see if they wouldn't mind switching it up. Uh, I really do like the new Daith class that I did. I, I unveiled it in Russia. That was like the, the first time I uh, did the class there. I really, really liked it, so I'm going to probably do it in a couple other spots. So Gambrels, Maryland, Monday, August 26th. Then a week later, uh, Sunday, September 1st, I'll be doing a class in the Chicago area. Uh, I have the venue all confirmed. It's going to be uh, in, I think it's like a university space. Like I'm going to be using one of their, their meeting rooms, but it's like a really nice uh, like classroom, essentially. So uh, that'll be available on uh, Sunday, September 1st. Both of those classes are, are open for registration. You can go to precisionbodyarts.com slash seminars, uh, or you can follow Body Art Education by Ryan Willett on Facebook, or you can even just shoot me an email, ryanpba gmail.com. I can get you signed up for either. The uh, the Maryland one, that's that's going pretty strong. Uh, that's you know still weeks and weeks out, but I think I've got around 20 people signed up for that. Uh, the Chicago one, that kind of exploded uh, when I announced it. I, I sent out emails to all the people that attended my last seminar in Chicago, and uh, they, they just started jumping right on. So that's going to be really cool. I think I'm going to have two pack classes there. In both of those classes, uh, I'm actually going to be adding on like little side things. I'm going to try out to do some like private seminars in uh, in studios. So for the Maryland one, I'm going to be driving down. Uh, and halfway in between is uh, New Jersey, basically. And uh, I had a shop contact me, and then they want to book me for a private seminar for their staff. So that's not going to be any sort of an open registration. That's just going to be for that one shop alone. Um, but it works out pretty good because I can just kind of like drive and do that one on Sunday, then carry on and drive to Maryland and do an, another class on Monday and then drive home on Tuesday and then probably get back to work at the shop. Uh, as far as the Chicago area, I'm probably also going to add on something uh, a few hours uh, west in uh, over the border in Iowa. Uh, but again, that's going to be a, a private seminar booked through a studio for their staff and their, their guests. So if you know, you know. Uh, if not, I will try to uh, get out wherever I can. Uh, if you have a, a shop or if there's an area where you think I should be doing a class and I haven't already announced something yet, again, shoot me an email. Shoot me a Facebook message. Talk to me. Let me know where I should be. I, I want to really like... I want to do a lot of classes. Um, I'm probably going to go a little bit light September and October because I'm going to have uh, the UK APP conference. I started to talk with Nikki Holmes a little bit, president of the UK APP, about the classes I'll be offering there, starting to put together some some uh, like rough outlines, maybe try to pull in a couple of people as, as co-instructors. Uh, I would really like to do more classes with uh, Lola Slider and Alex Wilkins. I, I had a really good time uh, instructing with them in the past. And then uh, BMXNet, or did I, I get those reversed all the time? It's usually BMXNet is is second, uh, but so BMXNet is going to be in September. I'm going to do that, and then I think I might add on a few days after that and go to Croatia. Uh, I've got some friends there, but I've also got a dentist there, and everybody always looks at me like I'm fucking crazy whenever I say that. I, oh yeah, I'm going to go to Croatia for some dental work, but there's a dentist there that does really good work. Did a triple root canal for like a third of the cost of what it would cost me in the States, probably even less than that. And I'm going to go back and I'm going to get a crown on that root canal tooth. So a uh, big bonus. I get to hang out in Croatia and it's an amazing city. I don't want to try to pronounce the name. Rajeka. Uh, but it's like it's right on the, the coast and the food is amazing. Uh, this part of Croatia used to be part of Italy, so the architecture is amazing. The food is amazing and the, the people there are amazing. So I can hang out with my Croatian friends. Then October... I believe, is going to be uh, UK APP. Uh, I'll be over there uh, doing some classes, and it, it should be pretty fun. Uh, 
what else is going on? Oh, yeah, in October, I'm going to be doing a class in Florida right around uh, Halloween week. That's probably going to be on a Monday. Again, that'll be at uh, Fort Myers, Florida. That'll be a Tiger Lotus, uh, John Robertson shop. I don't really have that one open for registration yet, uh, but I'll have that up and, and open for, for registration pretty soon. But uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be the, uh, the Monday just before Halloween. I don't remember what the date is, maybe the 27th, somewhere around there. But it should be pretty fun. I'm going to try to hit Universal Studios because they just opened that uh, the Star Wars area. They expanded the Harry Potter area. And they're going to be doing the Halloween Haunted Horror Nights or, or whatever it is in October. So that should be a pretty fun trip too. I mean, you can't you can't do all work, you know? So I, I sometimes people ask me, they're like, oh, how do you travel? How do you do all this, this work and stuff? And it's like, well, okay, I, I have a few advantages that other people might not have. I have, I have my own business. Um, I have a really excellent staff that can take care of the business when I'm not there. Uh, Evan is is awesome as a piercer, but as a studio manager, also he's just like he's he's worth his weight in gold. Um, and you know I don't I don't have a spouse, I don't have kids, uh, I don't currently have any pets, so it makes it easy for me to just kind of like pick up and and take off for a long weekend or you know pop in and out here and there. Uh, you know, it works. So I, I do a little bit of work and that kind of like helps pay the, the bills, but I also get some stuff done when I take these trips. So, you know, if you're a body piercer, try to get out of your own shop. I'm not saying that you have to fly around the world and you have to do all this like, you know, potentially expensive stuff or whatever, but uh, get out of your own bubble sometimes, you know, check out other areas, check out other shops. When I was flying over to Russia, there was this fucking kid next to me. He was like 21 or something like that. You could tell that he was like some spoiled rich kid. And uh, he was talking about, this is his first time leaving New York City and he was going over to Estonia to, you know, meet some some girl or something that he knows from the internet or whatever. And he was just like, he was kind of ignorant, you know, he's saying like, Oh, you're going to Russia. Oh, I, I heard they hate us there. And that, that's one of like my least favorite things when people talk to me about travel, like, Oh yeah, don't they hate you there? Don't they hate you there? It's like, no, like most people are going to hate you unless you personally wrong them. You know, sometimes they might get annoyed at the concept of like American tourists you know, people coming over, uh, not being sensitive to their culture, not making any sort of attempt at speaking their language or, or anything like that. You know, uh, if you try to like assimilate yourself into the cultures that you visit, you have a great time. People are very kind to you all around the world. People have been very kind to me because I try to be low impact. I'm not trying to be a tourist. I'm just trying to kind of blend in with people and just kind of go with the flow and, you know, not have like, you know, a special treatment complex or anything like that. So if you get an opportunity to get out somewhere in the world and travel, do it uh, as a body piercer if you get the opportunity to get out, even if it's just the next state over, even if it's just a road trip for a weekend or something like that. Go visit other piercers, go visit other shops, go make some friends out in the real world off of Facebook. It's, it's pretty fun. Uh, my guest this week is going to be one of those friends that I've met out in the world on my travels, and that's going to be Laura Jane from Gamma in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, Laura owns Gamma with her husband, and it's like an adorable like mom and pop piercing shop. It's it's a great concept. Uh, all the pictures that I see online, like the staff always looks really happy. The clients always look really happy. They're in a, a great location. Uh, Ann Arbor is a, just a really nice city from, from what I've gathered. And uh, Laura talks about all different kinds of things. Talks about uh, growing up in the Ann Arbor area and then kind of growing outside of that that hometown you know moving to the portland area on the west coast and then moving to the east coast working at rockstar and then we talk about her being a rockstar uh, aside from 
being a, a business owner and being a nursing school student and being a mother and being a piercer. Uh, Laura Jane is also a, a bona fide rock star, has, has toured around Europe uh, in, a, in a rock band. So uh, we kind of talk about, you know, how you balance all those different things, uh, the growth of kind of a younger shop, a very successful younger shop and all these different things. Uh, Laura Jane was teaching some classes at conference this year. Uh, did a, a septum class with Whitney Thompson and Sala. Uh, did a helix class with uh, with her husband, and you can hear uh, what what goes into the planning of it. Um, and it a big part is uh, is just listening to feedback after. You know, if you feel like you nailed a class, you want to talk to somebody and you want to find out like, well, how did I nail it? You know, what did you like? So I can expand that stuff in the future. Or maybe I didn't nail it. What didn't you like? What can I change for the future and improve it? So we talk a little bit about prepping for conference. We talk a little bit about managing the studio and we just have a, a good chat. So let's get into this week's interview with Laura Jane and I'll be back a little bit at the end. I'm Laura Jane. I uh, own Gamma Piercing in Ann Arbor, Michigan with my husband Jeff Saunders. Uh, uh, if you want to find us on social media, everything is just at Gamma Piercing. And you, did you grow up in the Michigan area? I did. I grew up in Ann Arbor yeah. um, and I moved around quite a bit in my 20s. Um, and uh, Jeff and I were living in Providence, Rhode Island, where we had Rockstar Piercing. And when we had our son, we decided it was time to move closer to the grandparents. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems like one of those, like, you know, everything everything works out in the end kind of life stories where it's like you, you bounce around, you end up, you know, moving because of career things. And then that career also leads you to your partner. And then your partner and family kind of come back to where you kind of started to raise your, your own family. And, exactly. And yeah. I love Ann Arbor. It's, it's really home. I'm yeah. so happy to be back and it's just been a really welcoming community and it's a great place for kids. So it's great. How's the shop going? It's great. Yeah. It's great. I've heard uh, bits and pieces through Jeff uh, just about the growth and like how it's, it must be great, but how like the greatness comes with, the responsibility of managing that greatness where it can be a little bit challenging. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's It's been great, it's been busy, and we're having a lot of fun, and we have a, a great staff. I know you've um, spoken about our most recent apprentice a lot on this <laughs> in this show. Amanda uh, Badger, what? Amanda Page now. Oh, Amanda Page. Amanda Page okay. is married. So uh, Amanda finished her apprenticeship up. She's holding the shop down all week while we're here at conference. And we're so lucky to have her, although I did say that I wasn't going to talk about her too much because she's going to start getting a big head if she keeps hearing her name on here. <laughs> well, one of I'm these just days, she's I, need amazing get, and humble. I need to get a full interview with her. Good. Yeah. That'd be great. She's super smart. I so know. you're out here uh, not only as a member, but also as an instructor. Mm -hmm. And what did you instruct this week? So this week I did a septim, septim technique class with... Um, Whitney Thompson and Sala, mm -hmm. and then Jeff and I did a Helix class this morning. Um, I already heard some really good feedback on the Helix class. Oh, Somebody every now and then you hear classes mentioned as like this should be uh, the benchmark for a certain kind of style, and you know that you took well the feedback that I heard I didn't attend the class. That's okay. Um, was that you you really kind of broke down everything about the one subject rather than just kind of like a little bit about this and a little bit about this like you got in depth on everything and I heard some really good feedback on it. Oh, thank you. That makes me really happy to hear. Uh, yeah, we really wanted to do the full, you know, everything from basic anatomy through um, technique, jewelry, 
troubleshooting, aftercare even. Mm-hmm. Um, we really wanted to kind of hit all of it, uh, which is hard to do in two hours, but I'm, I'm glad to hear that people enjoyed it. We had a lot of fun writing it and a lot of fun teaching it. What, what kind of process do you use for when you're putting together classes? Um, so Jeff and I collaborate really well. Uh, we get along well. It's probably why, why we got so. married. Um, <laughs> but, uh, we, he, he honestly did so much of the legwork. He, I, I have to give him so much credit for that. Uh, I have had a, um, uh, we're both busy. We're both so busy, but he's really, um, He's good at just compiling all the information, and he has great ideas. He's taught a lot of classes before, so he sort of has a format that he uses for his uh, advanced fundamentals kind of series. series, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So we sort of followed that general uh, theme, and then, um, but but we we bounce things off each other and talk about what we want to do and how we want the the um, the flow to go. Uh, it's it's funny we. We pierce and we think about piercing so similarly that sometimes it's hard. It's almost like we're not getting outside opinions because we sure. just agree on so much, yeah. uh, which is great in some ways. In some ways, it's it's almost frustrating um, because we we really uh, we just come to the same conclusions on almost everything. Gross. It is gross. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, what about the septum class? How do you feel like that went? It was super fun. Yeah. Uh, I actually did not know Whitney or Sala uh, before this class, and they were awesome. They were so much fun to teach with and just, like, had great input. We all have really different styles and techniques, so it was really fun to bounce our ideas off, even up till, you know, two hours before the class. We're talking about how, you know, how we feel about them and how we do them, and we're, you know still talking about new techniques that I'm like, oh my God, I, I never even thought about that. And I'm teaching this class, you know? Yeah, Sala is, uh, anytime I sit down with Sala, he just radiates ideas and he's like, you should try this and you should check this out. No, oh, I got to tell you about this thing that I saw somewhere. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's really good energy. Yeah. Oh, both of them. They're just, they're both incredible. Just incredible piercers, yeah. incredible people. I, I had so much fun. I would love to teach with them anytime. I did a septum class with with Whitney here, mm-hmm. uh, but also we did a private one once in Boston, and it was kind of like the the dynamic you have with Jeff, where we, we essentially do it all the same. Mm-hmm. So in the class, it was hard to represent all the things that are in our comfort zone. You know, we're both kind of clamp piercers. Sure. So when we're tra- trying to talk about freehand stuff and receiving tubes to be like representative, mm-hmm. it's not really it's not our jam. So it must have been kind of cool to have three different piercers with three pretty different perspectives putting a class together. Absolutely, and it, and it was totally just luck, too. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm so glad it worked out that way, because it was great. Um, yeah, after the class, people would ask me about techniques, and I'm like, oh, you, you gotta go talk to Sala about that, because yeah. I'm still not sure I could explain it the way he does. Well, what's your what's your comfort zone with septums? Uh, freehand. Freehand? Wait, like, you, did, you didn't take my class? Well, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. I would guess that that would be your 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 thing. Gail uh, is kind yeah. of known for minimal tools sort of stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um. So, freehand is generally how I do them. Um, I do just a, a an obnoxious amount of marking before I do it. I'm really not a um, the the old push and pray mm-hmm. <laughs> style, uh, but. Um, I'm comfortable with uh, receiving tubes as well, and that's how uh, that's how I like to teach mm-hmm. them because it's it's safer. It's total total safety right, issue. Right. So, uh, but that's how I do them. 
and and I, I think it's just about finding what works, but also having the tools to know, you know, if something starts not working for you, sure. you've got another another way to go about it, another mm-hmm. angle to look at it from. Or those clients that have the really wonky noses where you're like, all right, I can't do it my preferred way, but I do know this other way that I think I would get a good result with. So it's good to be versatile. Exactly. Yeah. You just you just have to have a Jeff in your shop. And <laughs> right, right. If only. Yeah, right? Yeah. So uh, how did you put together a class with two other instructors who live in like drastically different regions? That was a little tough. Whitney and I are in the same time zone, mm-hmm. so that was great. But um, Sala is on the other side of the world. Yeah. So um, it was tough. There was a lot of, it was a lot of, uh, you know, messaging back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, they had both taught this class before, so there was a bit of, um, you know, collaboration and just taking parts from classes they had taught in the past and put it together. Uh, this was my first year teaching at APP. So yeah. Yeah, really? yeah. So it was really exciting. Yeah. Wow. I know. And I got two two hour technique classes. Yeah. I was like, ooh. Just, just jumping right in. Uh, but I've done a ton of teaching sure. elsewhere. Yeah. So it, it made a lot of sense and, and but I'm, I'm looking forward to doing more. But it was great. It was fun to sort of learn the process with, with more experienced teachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when I, whenever I come to something like this, I've been really fortunate in some of the opportunities that I've had here mm-hmm. with uh, being, being given the chance to teach my own version of classes, but also the people that I get paired up with sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I've learned so much about how to formulate a class how to really like explain an idea and how to make sure that you can you can take your version of the idea and distill it down to something that other people can digest and all these things so the the conference is it's amazing for the people sitting in the seats but it's also amazing for the people standing at the front of the room because like you're you're really learning how to hone what it what it is to be an instructor because especially if you only have this one conference a year and you might only get the chance to teach one class a year like you really want to nail it yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think that the the conference committee um, uh, or the the group of people who who you know choose the instructors do just an artful job uh, of of pairing up experienced instructors with newer instructors. And and you know I don't know how much they take into account you know personalities or or whatever. But but. It, I, I was really impressed with the way that they did that just across the board at this conference. I've been in some of the conversations where, where mm-hmm. those decisions are made and we get the recommendations from curriculum committee and all that stuff. But then uh, there, there really is a lot of careful thought. You know, I remember at the, the meeting that kind of set the classes for this year, Jeff and, and Paul and, and Aaron Pollock especially were really like, okay, you can't just grab people off of a list and jumble them together like you know you want to think who's going to be complementary to styles who's going to be complementary to experience levels and all those different things and I I was really happy with a lot of the pairings that were that were made out of it so cool classes this year yeah yeah I had a great conference so when you when you get home from conference like what do you have to jump back into for catching up is it like a headache to do shop catch up or is it just into the next project because the shop is taken care of uh you know, the the shop feels pretty good right now. Um, I haven't heard from them too much, which mm-hmm. is usually a good sign. Uh, so we'll probably jump right back into that. Uh, there's always, there are always a million things going on with the shop. Me, I know. <laughs> um, but it's, it'll be busy, but the summers are a little bit more relaxed. Mm-hmm. I'm, um, I'm in nursing school right now, so uh, the, the fall and winter semesters are a bit wild that's a different different beast but yeah yeah, we'll we'll jump back into into shop stuff but but 
we're, we're hoping to enjoy our summer a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to always work. I mean, it's important to keep the momentum going and keep projects going forward, but every now and then you have to kind of stop and smell the roses and all that stuff too. Yeah, absolutely. So as far as like other things, uh, whenever, you know, I, I bump into Jeff different places around the world. You know, we did that trip together in Scotland a mm-hmm. few weeks ago and he mentions you a lot, which is adorable. <laughs> and he's been telling you about all the things that you're managing, you know, like while we were in Scotland, you kind of had to pick up the slack for him a little bit with some public speaking. <laughs> uh, and that, and you know, you said you're, you're in school and mm-hmm. you know, you're raising a son and all that stuff. So, um, how do you how do you do that? You know, like, and where did the decision come from to enter the healthcare field and you know making the decisions of how you would fit that into an already busy schedule? Yeah, uh, I I can't say it was my most <laughs> well thought out decision, but it felt like a natural progression. Mm-hmm. Um, just on a very basic practical level, you know, owning a shop as you know is tough, mm-hmm. and there it's always, uh, you know, there there it's a gamble. It's always a little bit in flux so I felt like having um, diversifying our income a little bit would be a good idea Uh, but it's also something that I'm passionate about it I I really love a lot of the um, the technical and medical sides of what we do so uh, I'm really enjoying learning more about that from healthcare professionals Mm -hmm. and getting into that field and I've been really loving nursing school Uh, I'll be finishing up in December, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know where that's going to take me, but... Yeah, um, do, do you feel like the finish line is entering the, the job field at, at that level, or do you feel like you're going to continue on with school? Oh, I'll always do more school. Yeah. I'm a nerd, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, but it's really fun, and, and it's afforded me some opportunities, And um, but you mentioned uh, when you guys were in Scotland, I got to do a fun public speaking uh, event where... Um, the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services asked us to give a speech on uh, rethinking reprocessing and and how our studios do, how our studio does a, a tool free or disposable single use setup um, and beyond that it, you know if if that's not the way that a shop wants to go how they could properly do reprocessing in their studios. Uh, in a in a really safe and um, uh, modern way, mm-hmm. and it was really fun doing you know some research for that. And Jeff really again <laughs> a lot of the legwork on that one. He's amazing, but uh, but it was really fun getting to go there and do that and meet you know health and in, health inspectors from all over the con- or all over the state, um, different people from different shops. There were uh, also professionals, epidemiologists, and um, wound care it was it was really cool what was the what was the feedback like to the the content of your speech like from the industry professionals and the people outside of the industry um people outside of the industry were really excited about it mm-hmm. uh I, I think they were just genuinely interested but uh and i didn't get a ton of feedback from people in the industry mm-hmm. uh, i think that you know there was it, it's a little bit of a uh hot issue um but it i i think that ultimately um it's it's all positive positive movement making Mm. things safer making and it's not it's not that hard a lot of people just need the information yeah so and we're always happy to be a resource for that as well 
I was I was one of the piercers that was resistant to the the concept of disposable or single use things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but but then talking to to people like Jeff uh, and really having it articulated in a way where it's it's not about uh, really taking your shop the way you have it right now and just throwing everything away. Uh, it's really about doing the shop from kind of like the bottom up and planning for, yeah, okay, you're either gonna minimize tools or send something home with a client or just kind of put it in the bin. Mm-hmm. And how if, you, if you're if you removing costs from a traditional studio, things like the reprocessing costs of packages and, and the sterilizers themselves, sure. which is thousands of dollars, and Absolutely. the chemicals and all the other different things, if you take a shop and you build it from the ground up and you have one that's traditional with reprocessing and, and whatever that goes along with that, and then you have the other one that's single use, the single-use one could be run at a much lower operating cost, and it could be much safer. And you know, maybe there's the debate about the the green effect of, of either side of that. You know, throwing yeah. away packages versus throwing away tools. Sure. Um, but I, I'm really a lot more open to it now, and I, I think that it might not be uh, something akin to an industry standard now. But I think five years down the road, ten years down the road, I think a lot of the industry will will have caught up with those concepts, and I think it'll be more commonplace. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a discussion that's just getting started and will continue happening and you know, we're going to find newer and better ways to do it mm-hmm. uh, because ultimately doing things as um, ecologically friendly as green as we can is really important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but also being as safe as we can yeah. because really nothing's more yeah. important than that. I mean, if you look at the if it's the green versus safe debate, um, Sure, throwing away something might might seem like it's not green, but in a tradition, like in my shop, even uh, anytime we have to reprocess something, it's all these plastic arm sleeves, all these plastic aprons, all these Absolutely. chemicals going down the drain, all the packages from all the packaged material. You know, um, so I, I can totally, I, I'm totally more open to it now. The more that I learn about it, and the more that I understand the the whole concept, not just like parts of the concept, it, it makes a lot more sense to me. Absolutely, and you know. Well, there, I think it's a, it's a process. And yeah, definitely. Uh, but more and more of the piercers that I talk to who are going out on their own and opening a shop or expanding and opening a, a second location or something like that, I think a lot of them are, are really thinking about all the different factors and they're, they're kind of, a lot of them are deciding, you know what, this is actually going to be a lot easier if we just go this route. I remember when, when Jeff was building out the second Rockstar location mm-hmm. and I think that was one of the first studios I had ever heard of that didn't have a processing room. Yeah. And he was walking me through it and he was like, oh yeah, we're just going to have the procedure room here and the waiting room and then the storage room and I was like, where's your processing room? And he's like, oh yeah, we, well we don't need one. And it sounded so foreign to me and I was like, Rockstar is not going to have a processing room. Like, how can that be the safe? You know, and then then I was like, oh yeah, that that makes that makes sense. Yeah, it was it was actually really cool that experiment because uh, the first Rockstar had a reprocessing room and the second one didn't. Mm-hmm. So it was really fun to watch. You know how how those two shops ran. You know, um, at the the newer shop, the second shop. When we were done with work, we just locked up and left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there was yeah. no hour of you know tool scrubbing or reprocessing. Right. We had a hydrum, so mm-hmm. there was no scrubbing anyway. But um, reprocessing and you know bagging things, sterilizing things uh, that just didn't exist, and and that was really nice. Yeah. <laughs> to to see you know the stark difference from your shift on Tuesday to your shift on Wednesday, what it was like working in one one style of studio to the other. Mm-hmm. Uh. I don't know if you're comfortable talking about 
more like personal kind of aspects, but Jeff has told me some of the stories about how, you know, when you were moving from Michigan to your, your future shops and all that stuff and how the, the kind of the two of you got together. And at first it was just a, a professional thing that developed into something else. Mm-hmm. Um, what were some of the things that kind of carried you out of Michigan? Because there are some piercers that I talk to where they want to take the next step in their career and in their life and all that stuff, but they feel really not necessarily trapped in their hometown or their their first shop or something like that, but maybe they just don't. Something doesn't feel like it's it's carrying them out the door or something like that. So, what were some of the things that went into it? Was it that you just wanted to move out of the area, or was it just the job opportunities were were too good that were in front of you? That no, that was a big part of it. I was just um, you know I was in my twenties and I was uh, I was ready to leave my hometown. I uh, I grew up in Ann Arbor. I did my um, undergrad at University of Michigan so I was I was in it I had been in that town from every possible aspect and uh, and I was just I knew that if I didn't leave at some point I wouldn't yeah you know I might move to Detroit or to you know but Mm -hmm. but if I didn't really really just get out of there and I had an opportunity to go live in Portland and so I took it um and it was great. It was great. It was really fun um, living on the West Coast and then living on the East Coast for a few years. I, I love having that experience. And I do love living in cities and I miss living in cities, but uh, but Ann Arbor really does feel like home. Yeah. It's good, though. You, you know, someone says, well, you, you went back to the hometown. And it's like, yeah, but if you know if you know where home is and you know what's comfortable, then that's great. But it's even better if uh, if you know where home is because you've been to all these other places and you've seen it and you've experienced it and it's fulfilled your life, but you still feel like that connection to the home base. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For yeah. me, I love to travel. I never really got to move very far. I, mm-hmm. I grew up in one town. Oh, so I, w- I was born in the town that my shop is in now. No way. Yeah, I didn't and then know that. moved yeah. and it was only like a half an hour away in, mm-hmm. in the first place, but then I moved just right back to the same town that I was born in. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I try to kind of compensate for it by traveling like as much as possible, yeah. as many countries and anywhere I can go basically but I still feel really connected to that area where I don't necessarily know that I would want to live somewhere else but I want to see as many other places as I can. Absolutely. Yeah. It's totally valuable. Uh, am I correct in remembering that you are also a rock star and you went on tour last year? <laughs> yep. Yep. So talk about that a little bit. Uh, it was really fun. I was really lucky to have that opportunity. Um, I I play bass in a band called Damien Dunn uh, and it's just a project that uh, I think it was a friend of Jeff's. Uh, a friend of Jeff's was making, doing, had a solo project, but he wanted to add a band to it so mm-hmm. he could do, do um, live shows. And we put this band together, and I mean, he became a friend of mine also. But um, he put this band together, and we started playing, and it's just been really fun. We've had some awesome opportunities, and. We went and played Eper um, Hardcore Fest mm-hmm. in Belgium, in Eper, Belgium, and then did a, I think, 10-day tour just around Europe. That's awesome. I, it was so fun. Oh, yeah, fun. no big deal. Just a 10-day tour. Just <laughs> 10 days around Europe. Whatever. It was really fun, and it was, it was really fun being in, um, you know, touring with a band, and we all got along really well, and it was just, 
we were adults. <laughs> it's really different than right. being, it wasn't just you know, partying 19 all night. and on tour, yeah. um, which was a whole different experience. But but this was just really fun, and uh, and we've been we're still playing. It's it's been really great. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. It's it's just you know it's another thing. Sometimes it feels a little overwhelming to have all of these balls in the air but when it comes down to it it's it's just a cool fun thing and I feel really lucky to have that opportunity to do that what do you think your son's life is going to be like when he grows up when he gets to that age uh, you know somewhere around puberty or you know teen years or something like that and he's talking to his friends about his parents because really like can you have a cooler story than like my mom tours in a rock band <laughs> and my parents own a piercing studio and travel around the world and teach classes and doing all this and all that. And it's like, or do you think he'll grow up and he'll be just so used to it that he'll be like, yeah, it's, my parents are lame. I, I'm sure he'll find a way to be embarrassed by us. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> adorable though. He's great though. He's so much fun. He's yeah? just, yeah, he's just a, a really, I'm, obviously I'm biased. I think he's pretty cool, um, <laughs> but no, he's just he's just really fun and really really kind of easy kid. Um, so I'm hoping that he, he likes hanging out in the shop and we we pierce a lot of kids lobes in mm. our shop. It's one of the, one of the probably most popular procedures we do, and he's always really excited when little kids come in to get their earlobes pierced. Yeah. And, uh, and he always tells them how cool it is and how pretty they are. And stuff. Has he it's ever mentioned cute. wanting anything down the road? He, he says uh, it looks like it would hurt, and we uh, confirmed that, yes, it does a little bit. Uh, and he said maybe when he's a little older. We just said, let, let us know, buddy. Yeah. So he, he says he's not, we've asked, he says he's not interested. He'll rebel against his parents and oh, he's gonna be, yeah. go down the street and get pierced at some other shop with external <laughs> thread jewelry. Better not. <laughs> no son of mine. <laughs> um, so in the shop, what kind of projects do you have going on for like growth of like jewelry selection or stuff like that? Because you're, it, it's a fairly young shop. Mm -hmm. uh, are you still at a point where you're kind of making decisions about where you want to put the money in the studio or is it just kind of you've, you've reached that comfortable plateau with like clientele, like understanding what kind of jewelry they want versus what sells in the area? Like how did you start to dial that in and, and where do you kind of see that path going? Yeah, I think... Um when we started out, we had a, a an idea of what we wanted to do with jewelry, and we I think that we were actually not too far off from what our clients wanted. You know, in the Midwest, it's a lot of small, pretty, you know, um, a lot of clear stones, mm. not not a whole lot of colors. But we really are expanding, and especially in our titanium line, doing more colors because we're doing so many children's earlobes. Sure. Um, we want to have more and more colors. That was a, a big focus of this conference was just expanding. Yeah, that's And great. that's really exciting. We have, uh, we have a lot going on, and I think our cases in the next few weeks uh, are going to start looking really different uh, yeah. and, and fill out a lot more. But... Um, it's it's been a pretty steady growth, mm -hmm. you know. Every every order is a little bit more, and you know maybe a couple of new items or a new gemstone color to add to the um, the list. So it's been really exciting. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, how did the uh, how did the community seem to to react to you? Did did anybody treat you like you know oh a piercing shop or was it just like oh this 
beautiful jewelry and this like everybody's got these smiles on their faces and it's this family run business we've had overwhelming support it seems it's, that way it's been really awesome yeah, yeah. Uh, our clients have been really great even especially early on we um, were fortunate and got just a, a, a lot of really positive feedback um, publicly mm-hmm. um, you know on, on Google and Yelp reviews and stuff and that was really really helpful um, uh, it's funny, a friend of mine who's a tattooer, you know, um, recommended our shop and she had someone say, they have too many good reviews, I don't trust it. <laughs> Can't win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but no, we, we've just had really great clientele and, and the clientele in Michigan is fabulous. They're just, for the most part, so kind and so easy and um, really great to work with. So we feel very fortunate, and we had a, we've had a lot of support, community support, and um, it's it's been a really overwhelmingly good experience. That's great. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it couldn't have happened to better people. So it's really no. good to see the success uh-huh. of it. Thank you. Uh, so I can't really think of too many other questions to ask you. Do you have any <clears throat> Do you have any plans based on this conference for things that you might want to maybe propose for next year? Like, do you do you have any ideas for new classes that you would want to teach or, or help develop? Uh, I'm not sure. I really want to sit down and brainstorm now that I kind of have a feel for how the the process goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really would like to teach again in the future, and I'm I'm hoping that I get to do that. I don't know if I'll get to come to every conference because leaving the little guy for a week was a little tough. But uh, but I'm hoping hoping to be able to come back and teach again. Uh, I'm really excited about it, and I. I, ho- I hope that people enjoyed the classes because I had a lot of fun I writing like and teaching. <laughs> usually when, when a class falls flat or goes wrong, you usually hear about it right away. Uh, <laughs> right. And the best feedback is always like after people have had time to process the class. Because if, if a class doesn't go great, it's obvious right away. Sure. But if a class goes good, a lot of people are just like, sometimes they're just bowled over by the amount of information they have to process it. So sometimes it might not be until much later in the day or the next day where people really realize like how good a class was and the dynamics between instructors and all that stuff and all the feedback I've heard about everything you've been involved in so far has been really positive. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm really hoping people can go home, go back to their studios and maybe think about some of the things we talked about, try a few things um, and contact us. Let us know how it goes. I'd love to hear some some really, you know, really solid like from their shop I tried this sort of feedback, Mm -hmm. Um, positive or negative. I'd love to know how people feel about things. Yeah, I feel the same way because if I'm not doing a a good job and the information I'm giving them might sound like it works, but it doesn't actually work for them, well, then how good was was the class? Right, yeah. So, yeah, I I always love hearing feedback from people, too. Totally. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for talking to me. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, Thanks for having me. One more time for the people listening. Uh, Where is your shop located and how would they find it? So uh, my shop is Gamma Piercing in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and if you want to find me, it's Gamma Piercing, uh, Instagram, um, Facebook. Everywhere. The things. Basically. (laughs) Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for talking. Thank you. All right, thanks for talking to me, Laura. Uh, I, I know that everybody's always super busy, especially at, at conference, so I, I really appreciated how many people sat down and, and talked with me this year. And it was just really good to, to get some interviews with people because I bump into these people at different events or I talk to them online a little bit and it's always like, a, yeah, I really want to get you on the show, I really want to get you on the show. But it's really difficult sometimes to actually like close the deal and actually get someone to sit down in front of a microphone. So uh, I do appreciate it, Laura. Thanks for, for taking the time. 
I'm getting ready to go into work for the day. Uh, Fridays and Saturdays are, are usually my days, you know, when I'm when I'm in New Hampshire. So I'm going to be going in, piercing all day today, piercing all day tomorrow. Should be pretty fun. Uh, you know, admittedly, lately I get I get really stressed out piercing, uh, and it's not the actual performing the piercing. It's that I have a hard time switching off my multitasking and focusing on just I'm a body piercer today. Not I'm going to do this office work and I'm going to try to sell these t-shirts or try to book these classes or work on this podcast or work on, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I, I have a hard time just being body piercer, Ryan, sometimes. And that's what I'm going to try to focus on a little bit more on these Fridays and Saturdays is not going to work thinking I'm going to be multitasking and spending as much time as I can in the office and then piercing people in between. Um, I really think it should be just focus on those clients, focus on those interactions, uh, sell some some nice jewelry, do some nice piercings, uh, maybe take some pictures uh, of stuff and get it up on social media. And that's really what I would like to focus on. But it gets tough sometimes. You know, you start to take on more and more stuff. Uh, you start to focus on more and more things at the same time. And sometimes that can water it down. And I definitely don't want to water down the the piercing experience for the the clientele. So that's definitely something I'm going to start trying to work on a little bit more frequently. Uh, This episode, I was going to put on uh, a shorter interview with Zach Dubois at the end. I have this like maybe 12 minute section with Zach Dubois that I also recorded at conference. And it was just one of those interactions you have kind of walking between classes. I had my portable recorder on me. I bumped into Zach. We sat down and, and chatted. And sometimes when I chat with people, it's like a quick like, hey, how you doing? How's your week going? But it was a really good talk with, with Zach. And I think I'm going to put that um, maybe as more of a, an emphasis on a, a future episode, whether it's next week or you know within the, the coming weeks. Uh, but that's a really good one. I've got a couple other ones, uh, little little bits from, again, people that I kind of ran into in the in the halls. So you'll hear that stuff over the the next couple of weeks. And I've got a a couple more full episodes too. I've got maybe five more uh, episodes already recorded, uh, like in the can, so to speak. So I can get those up online pretty quick, but then I'm going to start uh, trickling uh, trickling down on my content. So I need to, uh, again, get some more people on the show. So if you have ideas of what you want to see on the show, what you want to hear on the show, what we should be talking about, uh, you can make some suggestions to me. You can, you know, always, again, email me, Facebook me, ryanpba at gmail.com. Uh, just search Ryan PBA on Facebook. You'll find me pretty easy. But I also set up that anonymous uh, submissions page, and you can go to piercingwizardpodcast.com, click on the anonymous submission, and you can tell me who you want me to talk to, what you, what do you want us to talk about, different feedback on the show, and you can do it all anonymously. So if you're a little bit nervous, uh, apprehensive to, to reach out, uh, you can do it that way, and I, I think it'll be a little bit easier. Um, and, and, you know, this, this show should be about the people listening to it and not just... Uh, you know, me yammering on about nothing. So if you want to hear something specific on the show, I am more than happy to talk about it. So that's going to be it for now. Uh, you can go to all those different classes. Make sure, you know, you can check it out online, Body Art Education by Ryan Willett on Facebook or precisionbodyarts.com slash seminars. Gambrels, Maryland, Monday, August 26th. Chicago area, Sunday, September 1st. Something in Florida, the Monday before Halloween. Uh, I'll have more info on that one for registration later, but I'm going to get to it. I'm going to probably put some shoes on and go to work. And uh, hope you have a good day. Thanks for listening. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.